And this is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch <laughs> episodes from the past to see what they have to teach us today for whom. <laughs> the bell tolls. Oh. Today we are going to watch an episode of Salute Your Shorts. It is season one, episode 13. There are two alternative titles you'll find on the internet, mm-hmm. ZZ Saves the Planet or Environmental Party. You can watch some episodes of Salute Your Shorts on Amazon Prime Video, but not this one, unfortunately. Yeah. This is a go to the Paley Center if you want to watch it situation. This was written by Steve Slavkin, who is the creator. He also wrote the book on which the show was based. And the original air date was July 1st, 1991. Now it's time for You Wrote What? Yay! Steve Slavkin actually wrote a movie that I saw in a theater here in Los Angeles two months ago. Mm. To which uh, Steve Slavkin actually showed up to talk about it. It's a movie called Cutting Class. Here's the description. High school student Paula Carson's... Affections are being sought after by two of her classmates, Dwight, the bad boy, and Brian, a disturbed young man who has just been released from a mental hospital where he has committed, where he was committed following the suspicious death of his father. Soon after being released, more murders start happening. Is Brian back to his old tricks? Or is Dwight just trying to eliminate the competition? It couldn't be the girl. Why can't the girl be the murderer, Steve Slapkin? This was 1989. <laughs> Girls could barely Girls could. vote. <laughs> but it is uh, notable for being the first film role of Mr. Bradley Pitt, who is somehow... Amazing. Even before as, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, just as fucking handsome. Even before... I'm listening. Movie about Amish people he's in. Or maybe it was a TV episode. When I was doing a bunch of research about Amish people for that play that I wrote about Amish people. You're thinking of that that famous movie, Let's Not Fight Club. (laughs) (laughs) Pacifism Club. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, Yeah, he's in some TV movie I watched about Amish people. A river runs far away from here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, before we start making more Brad Pitt puns. Twelve monkeys, but it's not. No. Right. Um, seven deadly sins. That's the same. Oh, Steve Slavkin came to the event uh, at the the movie theater that I saw and told us a fun story about how the uh, evil red herring principal was supposed to be played by Malcolm McDowell, but there was an error somewhere along the way, and they got Roddy McDowell instead, who added a certain flair <laughs> that Malcolm McDowell of Clockwork Orange might not have given to it. <laughs> what? Yeah, they accidentally cast Roddy McDowell instead of Malcolm McDowell. That's not a... Like, Ma. if you want an actor and yeah. then they say they hire the wrong actor, you, you can stop it before oh. you shoot the movie. Cutting class, Chelsea. <laughs> you can say, whoops, we made a mistake. Let's get the actor we wanted in Do here. Do you feel like I forgot to say Oscar award-winning <laughs> cutting class? No, I don't. All right, then. All right. Well, I'm excited about our Oscar award level winning mm. snack yeah. that I have today, which is... One of my, if not my very favorite candy bar in the entire world, it's a Canadian candy bar called Coffee Crisp, and it's made by Nestle. It's made from, according to the wrapper, 100% sustainably sourced cocoa. Oh. I first fell in love with these when I would go to summer camp in Canada, and it used to be you couldn't find them anywhere, but now at fancy candy stores around town that have like an international section, mm. you can find them. So, um, very excited to share these with you and also to have, just to have one. Yeah, Because it's been quite a bit, quite a while. What's the name of these things? They're called Coffee Crisp Candy Bars. So for this edition of the Jeff Noble Memorial Snack Time Hour, except he's definitely still alive, let's enjoy some of these uh, motherfucking Coffee Crisps. Coffee Crisp. I see no changes. All I see is racist faces. This place hate makes disgrace the races. We under, I wonder what it takes to make this. What better place? Let's see race the waste. I made $51 today. 
Kit Kat in my coffee. You got coffee in my <laughs> Kit Kat. It's really good. Don't get me wrong. It's, it actually tastes like actual ingredients in a Kit Kat. And then somebody was like, fucking. Coffee. Take some coffee, bro. Yeah. Like, coffee makes everything better. It's true. Clean I like Kit it. Kats. Like, it's good. Would you give it an A? I don't know that I would give it an A, Chelsea. But I um, I feel like between my high B and your A++++, we can probably settle on an A. Miles? A. I'm sorry, answer. what was that? <laughs> no, what was that, Fonzie? A! <laughs> All right. All right, so just uh, a Thank quick... you for the, again, Jeff Noble, yeah, Memorial Snack Time Hour. If you would like it renamed in your honor, all you got to do is send us a snack. Just simple, simple people. Get off your butts, do some work. <laughs> if you're following along at home, uh, our snack average is at an 83%. <laughs> we are at a low B, but we hope to keep on the rise. Yeah, let's talk about this episode of Salute Your Shorts. Well, first, let's talk about the show, Salute Your Shorts. Sure. Salute Your Shorts ran on Nickelodeon from 1991 to 1992, only 26 total episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was based on the 1986 book, Salute Your Shorts, Life at Summer Camp by Steve Slavkin and Thomas Hill, and The Ordinary World, per IMDb. A group of kids at summer camp, run by the heard-but-never-seen Dr. Khan, form friendships as they spend time harassing buffoonish camp counselor Kevin Ugly. It is a very complicated nickname. <laughs> they call him Ugg throughout, and unless Ugg. you happen on IMDb, you're not going to understand that it's O, Ugly. O? Ugly? Ugly. I had no idea. See, there you go. Aha. Uh-huh. That's why they call him Ugg. We figured I it out. I thought it was just like, because he was a caveman. His or... last name's Lee. Ugly. Ooh, that's rough. It's a tough, <laughs> it's a walk. <laughs> You want a nickname that's either like spot on or like the exact opposite, like big guy named Tiny. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking, you name somebody stinky, you better smell them. (laughs) Name somebody Ugg, they better be a goddamn caveman. (laughs) Well, they call you Ugg. Well, you see my name. I'm done. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Keep going. Um, So, we open at camp, and the call to adventure is the very first thing that we have. We expect that you know what a summer camp show is about. Mm -hmm. So uh, ZZ Ziff is the sort of most environmentally conscious of the campers. She is picking up trash around camp of her own volition, just on her own free time. Yeah. And she tells Ugg, the counselor, that she has found 710 distinct pieces of trash this morning and that camp has a big environmental problem. But the problem is, he just wants to sleep. Wow. So he appoints her environmental general and says that she's allowed to kick anyone's butt who trashes the camp. And swollen with newfound pride, ZZ rushes off to harass oh, litterers. Newfound sense of power. <laughs> right. Her eyes like slit, go into slits and she's like, <laughs> she skulks away to go see who dares to give her guff. Right. Ugg goes back to taking a nap. Yeah. So that's the call to adventure. She's now in charge of uh, keeping camp clean by any yeah. means necessary, and he's going to continue to do nothing, including never, so never, ever supervises anything any of these kids are doing. Clearly not. He he shows up for a second to go. Oh, I have to make a phone call later on. That's <laughs> right. as much. I'll be in the same room as you guys, but doing my own thing. Yeah, exactly that. The credit yeah. the credits play then. Mm-hmm. Credits are very memorable to me. Um, I realized as I was watching it, the camper called Donkey Lips. Plays is it the William Tell Overture or Reve? That's different on different episodes, and I didn't write down which one this is. On some episodes, it's the William Tell Overture. Uh, I think on this one it was. He plays it on a trumpet, and someone Reveille on this. Oh, he plays Reveille. Okay, and someone's boxer shorts are raised up the flagpole instead of a flag. Everyone laughs, and then they sing a camp song around the piano. Except the kids change all the words, and yep. I realized I know every single word of this song, yeah, dude. even though I was technically not allowed to watch this show. Why, Why weren't you allowed to watch it? Did your parents I... not believe in outside or camps that didn't have to do with French? No. Well, yeah, clearly mm-hmm. I didn't believe in outside, but I think um, I think it was more that uh, it was that the kids had a clear and present disdain for authority. That's why I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Yeah. Or Problem Child. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, you'll probably turn into that kid. And I was like, yeah, give me the chance. <laughs> Please. Let I wasn't allowed them. to watch Married with Children. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Too. Can, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I realized, like, I'm, but I probably watched this at people's houses. Like, I remember all the characters and sure. who they were. And yeah. so. You remember all the nuances here? I do. I actually gave them labels as we go through. I gave them each a label so sure. to keep them straight because they aren't as well known as, say, the characters from Saved by the Bell or something. Yeah, and I think you can probably. Like, I was about to uh, call ZZ Ziff the Phoebe character or, mm-hmm. you know, just like free-spirited hippie character. Yeah, that everyone else kind of rolls their eyes at. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. now we're in the special world, and if there's one thing that kids hate more than adults being in charge of them, it's other kids being put in charge of them. Lord have and mercy. And so ZZ decides she's going to run around uh, and make everybody respect the planet by force. Well, first things first, we have to introduce the B story. And- Chelsea from was it Riza or Jizza from the Wu Tang Clan who said, "Honey is money, and money is honey." I believe that was Budnick from uh... Budnick. <laughs> <laughs> this is big. He's it's a, Budnick is the the bully schemer. Yeah, Budnick is the rebellious one. Yeah, and he's accompanied in this adventure at the top of the first act by Donkey Lips, the mm-hmm. bumbling sidekick, and Michael, the hot kid. And they've dressed up Sponge, the nerd, in a homemade beekeeper's outfit. And they've decided to rob a beehive because honey is money. Yeah, and um, money is honey. Again, there is zero supervision at this camp. And so they're just sending the weakest among them to attack a beehive to try to get honey Absolutely. out of it honey so rules, they can sell it. Honey rules everything around me. Cream. <laughs> <laughs> honey, honey bills, y'all. Uh, also, Danny Cooksey is the kid who plays Butnik. You also might remember him from Terminator 2, which I assume is just a sequel to this character where he's stealing from an ATM machine and flipping off John Connor's step-parents. And his mullet is even more matured, out yeah, of control. he's got quite a mullet. Because, a fiery mullet. <laughs> because he can't see or follow simple instructions, Sponge trips over a pile of wood before he gets to the hive. Classic. Um, is it? <laughs> there's like he's at least we can walk into that pile of wood. And I'm like, all right, man. He's probably I truly be- didn't understand why we had this storyline at all Mm-mm. until it's tangentially tied into the very, Barely. very end. It almost got super interesting, and then it was not <laughs> it interesting. It wasn't interesting at we'll all. So, so Sponge falls over, and they're like, uh-oh, our plans <laughs> oh, are willayed. We cut to the showers, the girls' showers. Dina, the queen bee, and Telly, the tootie, are getting ready. <laughs> The tootie archetype. <laughs> and by the tootie, I mean she's the only black kid at camp. Yeah. And she's sort of like, wisecracking's not the, she's like, um. Sassy. Tells sassy, tells it like sassy. it is, tells people off. Yeah. Um, no nonsense. No nonsense tootie archetype. Yeah, tootie archetype. Uh, but her name is say. Telly. And they are in the girls' showers. They have about nine things plugged into a four-socket outlet. Girls, am I right? <sighs> and then ZZ newly appointed environmental general cuts off the power and the water while Telly's in the shower. And she says, Telly's taking showers that are too long and Dean is using too much power. Yeah. They fight about it for a little bit. And then eventually ZZ's like, look, I basically own you now. I've been given the power by Ugg. I'm going to report you. I have a green hard hat and a clipboard. So Mm -hmm. that's how you know I'm legit. And Dina tells ZZ that she's going to be dead meat. And ZZ promises to report all of this to Ugg. Sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what ZZ is doing. Had she maybe given anybody any kind of a heads up, you want to tell somebody ahead of time, hey, maybe you should only take a 10-minute shower or turn off the water instead of like, you should have known better. Right, exactly. You didn't read my mind. Or my copy of 50 Simple Things Kids Can Do to Save the World. Also, there's a decent line in here where Dina is putting on lipstick. She's like, why are you wearing red lipstick? She says, red lipstick sends a message. It says, look at me, I got red lips. <laughs> and then Telly says, so do clowns. It's good. Yeah. Back at B-Watch 91, uh, the boys are... B-Watch! The boys are staking out the hive from a different angle this time. They're going to follow Sponge under a sheet so they can hear him and give him instructions. It's not going great, but eventually he does get to the hive and begins to open it. And the, it's not like a beehive hanging on a tree, like an organic thing. Yeah, it's, it's one like of those a boxes. man-made one yeah. that somebody might come back to and be like, hey, get away from there. My <laughs> also, beehive. to be noted, 
there have there are zero bees buzzing around this thing. Yeah. Also, so, <laughs> the lots bo- of clues here. <laughs> so he gets to the hive, begins to open it. The older boys bail. He opens it up and he says, "It's just a stack of dirty old magazines." And the older boys come running back, but quickly make the distinction between dirty old magazines and old dirty magazines. Yep. Because this stack of magazines is just a bunch of. Um, Magazines about raising chickens and putting up drywall, and these Americans. aspiring pervs are disappointed. Yeah, it's uh, for our younger listeners out there. There was once upon a time <laughs> where if you were just wandering around the woods, you <laughs> might find a bunch of pornography. <laughs> like your classic spirit of adventure might be awarded by naked ladies in a magazine. It still boggles my mind to this day. I don't understand what the perpetuation was. Perhaps an uh, older kid steals his dad's magazines. Right. I got to put these somewhere. Nowhere safe in the house. Yeah, I got to put them out in the fucking the woods. <laughs> put them in this tree stump. <laughs> yeah. Or abandoned beehive. Or a fucking beehive. <laughs> Man-made beehive, you know, where somebody will definitely come back. Come back. Budnick says, oh, this definitely puts a cramp in my business empire. Yeah, 90s kids. We're just obsessed with money. I mean, I know I was. I was constantly trying to figure out ways to make money. And I was I was always trying to create a business empire. We just internalized capitalism at a really young age. Yeah. There was the dot-com bubble. I mean, <laughs> everybody was getting rich, man. And there were no consequences whatsoever to that. Still, um, still aren't. No. Um, so as Dina and Telly, the girls, are walking back to their bunk... They're griping about ZZ's efforts to save the planet. She's driving everyone crazy, except the boys haven't seemed to notice at all, actually, at this point. Mm-hmm. When the girls open the door to their bunk, this is legitimately infuriating. Or I would oh, be if I were them. Yeah. They open the door to their bunk. They're horrified because there are piles of trash everywhere that ZZ has stacked up on every surface, including their beds. And Telly, Tootie, yells... Are you out of your granola-munching, wheat-bread, tie-dye, save-the-planet mind? Yeah, you might have also been like, hey, you know where a good place to pile up trash is? Outside. Outside. Not on my bed. Um, And then she storms out, and she's like, you got to clean this up, or we're going to kick you out of the bunk. Zizi is discouraged that no one cares about saving the planet as much as she does, and Dina tells her if she wants to change people's minds, she has to make it. Fun. Yeah, and one of the one of the more troubling quotes in this episode, of which <laughs> there are a few. Yeah, Dina says you can't just force people to do the right thing. You have to make it fun. Yeah. Thanks, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that won't get all the rest of us into trouble later on down the line. So ZZ says environment, or D- Dina says something about you know uh, you know like uh, fun it has to be fun like a party or something. And Zizi says, environment and party ominously. Huh. Yeah, right. So, but then it turns out that Dina, who again is like the popular Queen Bee character, mm-hmm. she says, Oh, you know, my mom does this all the time for, she throws these big charity parties. Yeah. Uh, Dina, uh, we're, I guess she's sort of like the Blair. She comes from money, sure. she's some sort of socialite. And, she decides she's going to throw this party like her mother would, and we immediately cut to the party, and she it is like ch- some charity soiree. She's greeting uh, people sure. at the door and giving them air kisses and saying, your support means so much to us. Go in, enjoy yourself. Um, it's Upside, ca- she it's is, funny. it is kind of funny. Uh, she's making people bring recyclables uh, in order to get into this exclusive party. And then ZZ goes, look at all the people here. And it goes to a <laughs> shot of literally eight people. One of them is dancing. Just like one. It there's is. no music. There's just it's one guy valiantly dancing. <laughs> nothing in the background. The saddest thing. It's the worst. And I was like, what else are they doing? Like, yeah. this party is this poorly attended at a summer camp. Mm-hmm. You had a captive audience. It's not like people were like, I'll go see a movie instead that night. You know what I'd rather do? Lay around. <laughs> You know what I'd rather do? Wander around the lake, maybe get killed. Enjoy silence. Um, so everybody's here. So much trash. So many hormones. Zizi is delighted. <laughs> oh, I see where you're going. Trash and hormones. A little bit of fucking uh, landfill fucking. I get it. Yeah, no. They're little children. It's going to be landfill. I didn't bring up It's going to be landfill groping, if anything. Well, now that you've brought it up, I did uh, get really bored while I was watching this episode. <laughs> oh my god, I can't imagine why. And I looked up fan fiction for absolutely uh, oh, no, shorts. I hate when you do this. Me too. <laughs> so I found a story by a user named Chalkdust 
uh-huh. called Bunk Buddies. And I'll have you know, Chelsea, oh, no. I thought ahead and I was like, I'm not going to read this whole thing because you don't need to hear about the whole thing. I'll just read the first line and then we can go back to um, our, our actual episode. So, Miles, if this doesn't get cut out, will you please throw some romantic music under this? Thank you. Okay, so just the first line. <clears throat> Bunk Buddies by Chalk Dust. Butnik lay in his bed, sticky and glazed. <laughs> the end. That's what? it. That's all of it. Mm. Oh, do you want to hear more? Nope. There you go. <laughs> you can look that up. Just look up Chalk Dust. Salute your shorts. Oh, no. You've done it, Chalk Dust. <laughs> You've made an impact on us. So, yeah, you were saying something about hormones. Well, just because, you know, little kids, mm-hmm. they're uh, are a little, I don't know, how old are they supposed to be? Like, tweens, right? I mean, they're not even 16. So. They're yeah. like 12. 12, I mean, 13, maybe. there's quite a range of heights in the room. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think some of them are maybe eight or nine up to 12 or something. So, so Dina says that she has set up a raffle. Uh, the prize for which is they get to dance with Dina. Right. Just foreshadowing there. Also, Telly has made a sculpture out of leftover food to draw attention to world hunger, which is real dumb. Yep. Budnick chirps that all these people are just here because they were promised that there would be free food. Yeah, that's the way you More foreshadowing. show up to anything. That's uh, the way to get me to show up to anything. Yeah. I showed up here because there were, <laughs> because there were snacks. snacks. Um, I show up every everywhere. week. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dina says, let's kick this into overdrive, I guess. And then it's time for the most amazing part of this episode. <laughs> like, hands down. It's there's just, just ZZ takes the stage yeah. in a real Phoebe turn of events with yeah. her acoustic guitar. And she sits down and says, I wrote this song in hopes that people will change. And the song starts off very Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. very much like the sun in the sky. Look at the world around you. It's beautiful. And then eventually devolves pretty quickly into her screaming that the world is covered in toxins and rotting garbage and it's all your fault it's all your fault it's all your fault it's all your fault screaming the other kids until Dina cuts her off it's pretty dope it's like Evanescence but awesome <laughs> awesome awesome essence Mm-mm. nope okay hello from the end boy what's this down here with me on the editing floor is this that chalk dust story <laughs> <laughs> oh, editing floor McGee, you're the best. So Dina starts the can can dance, which I guess nobody told her was already the name of a dance. It's the can can stop. Well, can can is already the name of a dance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know why that in all of these things was the thing that bothered me, but it did. That's fine. So basically the dance is you tiptoe around an aluminum can until you decide to stomp it, quote, for recycling. Yes, and this is the dance that people have bought raffling tickets for, raffle tickets for, that Donkey Lips has won because uh, she announces a number and he's like, I got that one. She announces a different one. And he's like, I got all the numbers, which is creepy, but also funny. Yeah. So, Butnick is supposedly accompanying this dance on his electric guitar, but what's playing is some kind of weird minuet that's definitely not coming out of a guitar. Uh, and he yawns. Meanwhile, meanwhile, all of this, Ugg is on the phone. Oh, yeah. Okay. On the other side of the room. Sure. <laughs> with his girlfriend. I'm sorry, do we have too much time to <laughs> we can mention this? Yes. So, the camp counselor is on the phone with his girlfriend. I sure hope nothing messes up this important call for him. He's made it very clear that it's a very important call. He's not doing very he's well. He's doing in the he's, same room as a party full of kids he should on be supervising. A phone somehow. <laughs> what, what does the authority grant him nothing? Also, these kids cannot stomp a can to save their fucking lives. Okay. <laughs> they can't hit a can. Were they trying to do this during the golden hour? It's like, ugh. We've only got three chances at this. Oh, you fucked up all but one of the cans? All right. Every can they try to stomp just goes skittering away. Yeah. Um, the first one is like, mwah, perfect. And then the rest of them, it's just miserable. terrible. But Nick gets bored and decides that this classical music has got to stop. And he says, come on, everybody, do the butt Nick stomp. And he starts, quote, rocking out. Yeah. Quincy Emmy warned us about this. <laughs> this is the thing. The kids start stomping cans like they're possessed. Yeah. It does look way more fun, in all honesty. And then a food fight breaks out. Yeah. And the kids are going berserk. And again, the power of rock music has made the kids go crazy. This is a covert anti-punkers episode. This isn't funny, but I wrote, the ice picks are melting. <laughs> 
That's all I got, man. Oh, my God. Truly, this is ground zero, There's though. There's so many layers of things you need to understand for that joke to be funny. Hey, true fans, we'll wait for you to finish <laughs> oh laughing. <my> so, <laughs> so ZZ is yelling amid this food fight. You guys are wasting food. Mm-hmm. Stop it right now. She's not wrong. This is just like it's, the opposite of saving the planet. Yeah. Creating all this food waste. It's and spending the planet. It's, 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 yeah. Spin. Hug tries to stop the fracas, and he gets a bowl of punch dumped on him. Yeah, so not only was his very important phone call cut short, now he's covered in punch. And he was just about to get rejected for a date. <laughs> he was, he was really working his way up to. <laughs> Oof, it was tough to listen to. Later that night. Yep. D- Dina and Zizi sit alone in the wreckage of a party. <laughs> and Dina says, that was a successful party. <laughs> Dina's like, that went great. That, that was, was awesome. tons of fun. But Zizi is even more distraught than she was before. This was the single most wasteful event in the history of camp, she says. And they used polystyrene cups, which do yeah. not biodegrade. Dina could not care less about any of that. Yeah, in fact, she stands up and, and literally quits caring on the spot. She's like, I'm gone. <laughs> She's like, I did my bit. I'm out. I don't like bummers. I don't like bummers. Same girl. Says. Same. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's on my uh, glittery t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. I don't like bummers. I like bummers. ZZ is left alone. Yeah. The next morning. We're just clipping through it. Yeah. I mean, it just moves. Sorry. It just goes. There's no Stop. B plot except uh-uh. in, unless you count. Well, we're done now. The fucking honey <laughs> thing dried up. There were no dirty magazines. Fucking finay. <laughs> the next morning, Zizi has cleaned up all the recycling from the party um, by herself, and it's being picked up by, by a crazy Greek guy who drives around. I think I have his around. name here. It's Greeky Greekopopolis. Are you sure? Wait. Are you no, sure it's, it's not? not... At all. It's just he's so fucking Greek. <laughs> no. Hold on. Wait. Spanka Spankatopolis. No. He his name is like Mr. Spanakopita or something. That's mm. that's food, but I wrote it down as. Mr. Kidnapsopolis, <laughs> because he drives around in a van with cardboard signs over the windows. Never have I ever more wished there were adult supervision yeah. at this camp than when he drives up and jumps out of that we'll windowless to, van. And we'll this, be able to smell dead bodies <laughs> over rubbish. Small girl by herself. She's Zizi's bummed. She tells this Greek kidnapper that none of the kids care about anything and she's ready to give up. And Mr. Kidnapsopolis says, don't give up. It's always darkest before the dawn. You know that. Opa. He says opa "Opa," a lot. Then he pays her $51 for the aluminum recycling. $51! (laughs) What in the absolute fuck? She is sitting on a stack of crap. And there's like three cans. And he's like, here's 1991's equivalent of $15 billion, young lady. It makes it makes no sense. I mean, later she quotes the price of a nickel per can, which That's still seems high. Balls to that. <laughs> that Hold on, be, that would be that would be over a thousand a cans. Thousand, a thousand ten cans. <laughs> yes, that would be over a thousand cans, which she doesn't have. It's mostly newspapers that she's sitting on. This is a weird thing. Later, there's a recycling montage, and you would think each of these kids. Goes through nine or ten newspapers a day. By the way, they're stacking them up. They seem pretty well read. Fifty-one dollars in nineteen ninety-three is the equivalent of eighty-eight dollars and sixty-three cents in twenty eighteen. Wait, how much? Eighty-eight dollars. Eighty-eight dollars. <laughs> and sixty-three cents. Fucking cans. Of sixty-three cents makes sense to me. Uh, for fucking cans, I was. Uh, Where's what's his mar? What's Mr. <laughs> Kidnapopolis's margins here? Oh, it's kidnapping children. It's the ransom. It's the ransom. <laughs> it's so my money off of the ransom. This is just a part of the business model. This is the grooming fees. So he tells her not to let Budnick get next to this cash because he'll do anything for this money. And ZZ lights yeah. up. Yeah, he would. And would. so would the rest of the kids. All my problems are solved by this money. Yeah. She gets real excited again. Just sort of like. You know, internalized capitalism. All my problems are solved by this money. So she schedules a meeting, I guess, in the main room. She doesn't schedule anything. I think the kids just oh, hang out I'm in sorry. there. You're right. She she tries to get everybody's attention and then just waggles the cash in the air and everybody shuts up. Yep. What the fuck with this? <laughs> this the 1991. Is... I don't remember being so. I guess it was pretty much the the early 90s is just the late late 80s. Yeah, it's true. Like things didn't really get to be the 90s I mean, until 92. I mean, to the point where she she waggles the money in the air 
And Dina looks at Butnik and goes, that sounded like $50. And he goes, uh-uh, 51, mostly 10, some fives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're supposed to be like, wow, these kids are just so, they have so much knowledge about what cash is and how to, how to use it and how to get it. This is the approaching the inmost cave. feels a little silly to try to apply that to this. I understand. Episode, but in terms of the hero's <laughs> journey, this little impromptu meeting is the approach of the yeah. inmost cave. What she wants them to actually approach is the inmost water slide. Woop womp. Uh, she <laughs> says that if they do recycling, which is how they'll get money, but also a ton of chores as mm-hmm. well, they'll be able to afford uh, money to go to the water slide, and she'll use her $51 to buy all the Nirvana music and Orbit's drink they can stand. <laughs> but pizza. But pizza. Yeah. yeah, so she... Opa. She has made a chart of all the things they need to do. Again, um, only cans will get them money. Right. But somehow dredging a lake happens. <laughs> right. These are all the things they do. Composting. Dina unplugs her hair dryer and Tully takes a short shower. If there were some way to calculate... If somehow... She got her hands on, like, last year's electric bill and yeah. this year's electric mm-hmm. bill, and she could calculate and be like, look, we saved you this much money. Maybe I see that. All right? You'd have to, money. you would need uh, the kind of scissors that could cut a penny <laughs> <laughs> to really get the, the actual worth. There. The yeah. boys recycle the old magazines they found. Mm-hmm. The kids start a compost pile. They collect newspapers with and cans without stomping them. Without stomping so them. So many cans. They did that dance they, for nothing. They laid down a rudimentary irrigation system. <laughs> yes. For drip irrigation? Uh... Donkey Lips has... But to do that, Donkey Lips has to drag some sort of makeshift plow behind him. Yep. And then they plant a garden to earn extra money, which that seems like a real long game. Sure. Mr. Kidnapsopolis is back in his creepy van just he handing just out cash out to money all to the children. kids. All the kids just parading by. ushering them into his van. And then they clean the lake. Sure. And they, again, they read a shit ton of newspapers because there is more than one clip of them just stacking up newspapers taller than they are. It's ridiculous. So then we get to the Supreme Ordeal after this long montage. They get what they want. They get to go to the water slide. ZZ is off on the phone making the arrangements and the rest of the kids are standing around in a bunk. And I wrote, what have they, or if we for that matter, learned? And then I wrote, wait, it's happening. <laughs> I know, I did too. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> because I thought... Great, they're going to have done all this stuff and then be like, because we did all these good deeds, we get to go to the water slide, which is just like a pay for play. It is. You know, like it's a, the most ups- we did the right thing yeah. because it was profitable to us in some way. Yeah. But then Michael, the hot kid, is bothered by the fact that they did all this hard work to clean up the camp just to go to the water slide. And Dean is like, yeah, we should just be able to go without doing any work. And then they they vote to spend the money on the camp. I wrote that down because they decide to take a vote. And I'm like, well, this is going to how this is. And then they decide not to spend it on the camp at all. So, JK, water slide, bitches. <laughs> well, you skipped Bud- Budnick's most alliterative line of the entire episode. Uh, Telly's like, we clean up a camp for the wrong reasons. And Budnick goes, camp's clean, case closed, cut the crud. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of alliteration. And then JK, s- water slide, bitches. <laughs> Sponge says, we should use the money we earned to help the environment instead of spending it on ourselves. But then, as you said, they vote. And everyone but Michael... Because ZZ isn't there, mm. vote to go to the water slide. Yeah. Which is happening the next day, by the way. This yeah. is the, this is supposed to go the next day to the water slide. I buy that maybe she's making the arrangements the night before on the phone. Sure. But then the very next thing is that was the, so that was all the Supreme Ordeal. Mm-hmm. The reward and consequences the next morning. Turns out the rest of the kids went behind Buttonit's back and went to the overnight tree depot and bought a young maple and have uh, already planted it in the ground. By the time he is awake and dressed and headed to the van for the water slide, yeah. they have gone out, they have bought a tree, mm-hmm. they have planted it. Hey, you know, if you want some long-lasting <laughs> changes to your camp, you could just keep doing the things you did. It's not like you're only allowed to do all of these things once. But yeah, also the timeline is nutso. Especially yeah. in 1991, there's barely the idea of a super Kmart at this time. They don't have a car. Yeah. Mm-mm. So Budnick is jazzed also, about this, though. Also, a tree. I mean, I'm just saying. A tree. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're in the fucking forest. What should we buy to make the forest a little bit better, tree? Another tree. Another tree. Maybe we could install an actual sprinkler. Nope. Uh, tree. Just a tree. tree. Um, Budnick is actually jazzed about this because maple syrup sells for $65 a gallon. Huzzah, he'll be rich. The other kids chase him off. 
Ugg comes by, ready for the water slide. He switched his day off to take them. Womp womp. Yeah, womp womp indeed. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. I feel like we're in the womps of sadness. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's fucking the end of the episode, people. Sorry, it caught me unawares. I forgot that we're done. Okay, well, we'll talk to you next time when we... Can, uh, no, can we... We got Well, to, that's the end of the episode. I feel Write like us, I wasted my time, but that doesn't mean we need to waste our, our listeners' time. Is, no, no, no. We're gonna... You can send us a stack to our P.O. Box. I did do some research. Rate and review. I did do some... Send us an email. Important research, and then I did some pop research. Which that's is, good. of course, the pop research is, where are they now? Um, oh, I did that one too. <laughs> and then the uh, actual research, which we'll we'll save that for the end because it's the most fun. Let's let's. Oh, okay, I was gonna I was gonna go the opposite way because I was like, we need to wake our, our listeners up <laughs> with some fun research. But no, let's talk about because we chose this episode because it seemed incredibly prescient given not only the slow decline of our Earth into a fiery ball, mm-hmm. but also the idea of a young woman trying to get people to do the right thing and people just resisting, threatening, and making fun of her the entire time. Or the idea that kids will inherit this planet and have a vested interest in trying to make it a better, cleaner place to live, even if other kids slash adults slash world leaders Mm. either ignore or straight up mock and deride them. Yeah. Um, so let's get yeah. to it. Let's. I'm pretty sure people might have put two and two together, but what are we talking about, Chelsea? Um, we're talking about our young Swedish activist friend, whose name I can't pronounce uh, as well as she pronounces it, Greta Thunberg. My name is Greta Thunberg. You know who she is. She is the now 16-year-old Swedish activist. She started this Fridays for the Future hashtag and movement where kids are striking walking out of school on Fridays to Mm. protest the planet they're inheriting, basically, and the fact that world leaders aren't doing anything to combat such things as climate change, deforestation, the extinction of species, and also human issues like climate refugees who are forced to flee their countries because of avoidable droughts, like in Sudan, things like that. So she spoke last week in front of the UN. Mm -hmm. Um, She has has done a TED Talk. She's spoken in front of all kinds of august bodies and councils all over the world to just kind of raise a flag and be like, I, it's time for you to stop patting kids on the head and yeah. start getting afraid enough to do something. She also has autism, which she calls her superpower, which I think is really cool that this is a thing that she's kind of like, you know, this is not a liability. This is not a disability. This is part of what makes me who I am. And it's mm-hmm. an important part of what makes me who I am. This did lead a Fox News commentator to call her a mentally ill child. Sure. I think if you're familiar with this, you're familiar with the things that have been said about her. And I, I figure, I, I say we can just gloss over it. Who fucking yeah, cares? Who what fucking cares? President about Fox News. those horrible people. Yeah, um, there was a massively popular book published in 1990 called 50 Simple Things Kids Can Do to Save the Earth, which was about small ways to have an impact, a positive environmental impact, and, uh, and offset others' negative impacts. It sold more than a million copies in its first year, became a staple in classrooms, kicked off all these conversations about sustainability among kids. It was these things like recycle, walk or ride your bike instead of getting mm-hmm. a ride, turn off the TV... Don't use the air conditioning. Uh, one thing I remember, and I remember seeing this on the Ninja Turtles, is open the refrigerator, close it, decide what you're going to eat, and then oh, open it again as sure. opposed to standing there with the door open. Um, however, per this USA Today headline, 90s kids were asked to do simple things to save the earth. Gen Z is thinking bigger. Yep. So a 2009 revised edition, the new 50 simple things kids can do to save the earth, suggests updated practices like not using plastic bottles, protecting wetlands, using solar power, and writing to world leaders. Also, urging your parents to buy an electric car and reducing the number of flights taken per year. All of these much, much bigger picture things are what they're telling kids now is important uh, to do. And then, only 10 years after that revised edition is published, now it's like, just straight up walk out of school. Just leave school on Friday. Like, we've got to get people to pay attention. It's interesting to look back on this episode and say some kids cared about their camp for two days. And it was awesome. And they patted themselves on the back. 
and we I mean, all learned a lesson. And now, truthfully, it literally, was a montage of <laughs> moments. There is, sure. yes, but now there is a 16 year old girl mm-hmm. standing in front of the UN, shooting shady eyes at all these world leaders, yeah. and being like, "Please save the planet, because I would like to grow up on a place that has animals and clean air and is in a million degrees." Well, I think it's it's important to point out that. While individual actions are are incredibly necessary and valiant and worthwhile, it's important to start contacting world leaders. It's important to start contacting your congressmen to hold the, you know, 100 corporations that are really destroying the planet accountable for their actions. Although it is today, October 1st, 2019, when we are recording this, is the day that the Los Angeles plastic straw and stirrer band goes into effect. So I'm assuming by the time you hear this, uh, it will be all fixed. Yeah. I know people roll their eyes at the plastic straw thing and say it can't make a difference. However, I'll tell you the thing that made me buy a reusable straw. I learned that every plastic straw I've ever used will outlive me by 200 years in a landfill. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, fuck, that's my legacy? Yeah. 200 years? Uh, I don't need a straw that bad ever. Yeah. You know, like, it's just so easy to not use them. And then when they started selling not recyclable straws on Donald Trump's website, I was like, well, fuck it. If they're doing that, then I have to, I'm going to buy a reusable <laughs> well, straw. I'm not going to be worse than these people. If they picked a side, then I'm picking the other one. <laughs> it's not that these are useless gestures by any stretch. Everything's very important, but it's also... Yeah, you know like what we can with, do now we can do when we were kids? What's that? Vote. There's that. Uh, it's also worthwhile contacting and, and certainly looking at candidates who are dedicated to holding corporations accountable and broad sweeping measures instead of like, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. At the very least acknowledge that the science is real and this is not a hoax perpetrated by, I don't know, the Chinese. It must be so frustrating to look. I am a theater major (laughs) and it frustrates me every now and then when somebody's wrong about a theater thing. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I can't imagine if you are a climate scientist and you spent all your life doing nerdy shit and fucking actually went to a for real college and learned math uh, and things like that. And now people are just like, nah, it's probably not right. That's our call to action. Well, I feel like we're preaching the choir, though. Here's our call to action. (laughs) We don't probably have Uh, uh, any climate deniers or flat earthers listening to our podcast. uh, Before we we launch into the, the juicy goss, uh, hot goss. Hot goss. <laughs> about these uh, kids and adults. Let's do our let's do our thing where we discuss whether or not you would show this episode from 1991 to a group of kids in order to teach them about uh, environmental activism. Zero percent chance. I don't think so. I think that I would show this to kids to show them why it got so bad. <laughs> I would show this to kids to be like, this used to be the the outlook on it was like, you know what? We have to trick people into doing something. Only one out of 10 people cares anyway. Right. And then they'll give up as soon as they're done at the water slide. Right. It, I was a little surprised by Michael's turn of heart or change of heart at the end where he was like, do we do this for the wrong reasons? Yeah. I, I wanted them to be like, you know, it's actually much more fun to be here since we're not waiting through trash. 720 fucking pieces of trash. Right. We did this for reason for selfish reasons. However, now life is improved here at camp. What if we just kept doing this? Look, it was it was a surprise to me that it doesn't land on let's go to the water slide. Everything's fine now. Right. So, you know, congrats to Steve Slavkin uh, for, you know, bolstering it more than that towards some sort of sustained activism but it also could have been like there could have been a real lesson here yeah but i think it's telling of the time that it was like the best lesson we can hope for is we decided to buy a tree as well right to plant near the other trees yeah. uh, that were already here and oops i've already thrown some trash around the tree i just can't help <laughs> myself i am a 1991 person with a fiery mullet I died. Yeah. Speaking uh, of fiery mullets, where are they now? Where are they now, Chelsea? Um, it's, it's yeah, well, kind of, kind of positive. Let's do this. First of all, we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, 
murderers or murder victims. No, or... this is not the Power Rangers cast. Um, different strokes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, salute your shorts. Or golden girls. Do not besmirch the good name of Beatrice Arthur. I want to play a video game called B. Arthur's Rampage. (laughs) Grand Theft B. Arthur. (laughs) Grand Theft Blanche. (laughs) So, Hollywood.com. Which I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, someone got on that domain name early in the nineties. So you fa- you figured the only research you could do was on websites that were around in 1991. That's fair. Exactly. Who knows to you? You're like one of those fucking colonial Williamsburg people. Oh shit! Is that the future where you're gonna see yes. people like living in apartments? Like, yes. I'm on a thing called Alta Vista. What's that? At the it bottom? starts playing music as soon as I open the web page. There's like very loud music coming out of it. Look at that at the bottom. It's a counter of how many people who have oh ever visited this site. Wait, what's that? You really that? want that to be public information? All right. So they're on Hollywood.com. <laughs> in 2016, June of 2016, they published a. Uh, where are they now? Because Salute Your Shorts turned 25. Mm-hmm. So that was three years ago. So it's 28 now. And there is a reunion photo of a bunch of the cast, yeah. which is super cute. It, is. it looked like a very casual event. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you don't think they got the fucking... <laughs> The Hilton for this? No, no. this was not at the, uh, the, you know, in Malibu somewhere. The the Kodak Theater for this one? Right. The guy that played Ugg, Kirk Bailey, went on to do some more TV acting, including roles on Melrose Place and Star Trek Voyager. Recently, he's become a very in-demand voice actor with credits in films like Frozen, Big Hero 6, and Paranorman. He has become the go-to man for the role of additional voices. (laughs) Well, good for him. But it is a bajillion, and as somebody who worked in the voice acting casting world... That man is rich now. Yeah, for sure. And voice work is, as as uh, Stephen Merchant said, money for old rope. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Merchant once said, "Voice acting is money for old rope." Money for old rope, <laughs> which is so fucking British. <laughs> I'm wearing a monocle now. Love that. <laughs> uh, Megan Berwick, who played ZZ Ziff, yeah. our protagonist in this episode. When the show ended in 1992, she had one last acting role in the film. This is the title yeah. of the film. The Positively True Adventures the, of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom. Mm-hmm. I know exactly the case that that's based on. I do on. too. I but might then, even know this movie. But then she transitioned out of acting entirely, pursued higher education, and she actually got a master's degree from Stanford, and now she works at a nonprofit called Kiva, which helps people lend money to low-income entrepreneurs and students over the internet. Boom. Amazing. Fantastic. Michael Bower, who played Donkey Lips. You've seen him in other stuff. He, he's been busy since Salute Your Shorts he ended. He was just on something, I saw. Yeah, he's, been, he's had a lot of smaller roles on TV shows, in movies. Recently, he was on Bones, CSI, Raising Hope, recently being 2016 when this article was written. Sure. Um, yeah, you've seen this guy around. He's been in a lot of stuff. Venus DeMilo. Yes, mm-hmm. the actress oh, that's right. who played Telly is named Venus DeMilo. She has both of her arms. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the clarification, yep. Chelsea. She went on to have recurring... You think her parents, like, took a really shitty turn <laughs> when she was born? Hey, you want to call it Full of My Joe or Venus DeMilo? <laughs> She went She went on to have recurring roles on major TV shows, including My So-Called Life, Sister, Sister, and The Bold and the Beautiful. Um, most recently, she played a TV commentator on The People vs. O.J. Simpson on American Crime Story, oh. which is cool. Yeah. Um, Trevor Eister, who played Sponge Harris, the nerdy kid, he was named Tim on the show, or that was the name he went the by. The actor's name was Yeah, Tim. the actor's name was Tim Eister. He's since changed his name to Trevor. He took a break from acting between 1998 and 2013, but since coming back, he has played small roles in TV shows and short films. He is also an advocate for equal rights and gay marriage. He himself has come out as bisexual and become a, a gay rights activist, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Heidi Lucas, who played Dina, a popular girl, continued acting through the 90s with roles on shows like Boy Meets World and The Wayans Brothers. And then she left acting in 1996 and uh, went to law school. Yeah. So good for her. Sure. Danny Cooksey, Bobby Butnick. Yep. He also pursued a career in voice acting. 
and has numerous credits, including early 90s and aughts cartoons like The Wild Thornberries, Pepper Ann, and As Told by Ginger. Mm -hmm. Recently, he did voiceover work for the Kung Fu Panda television series. I should mention uh, one of the things that I found was Trevor Eiler also played a young Alex P. Keaton (gasps) on a flashback episode of uh, Family Ties. Ooh. It all comes together. Yeah. Um, Eric MacArthur. Two things come together. (laughs) Two shows. Uh, Eric MacArthur, who played Michael Stein, the one kid that had had chains of heart, he remained out of the public eye since leaving Salute Your Shorts, had minor acting roles in the 90s and aughts, but mostly seems to have just decided uh, acting is not his jam, which is... Always kind of refreshing, I think. Yeah. When kids are, when child actors are like, yeah, I did this as a kid, but uh, I then I decided no there were other things I liked, which is refreshing. So good. No, uh, no fucking axe murderers in the Salute Your Shorts cast. Nope. Uh, not a stabbing to be found. Not a drug overdose. Not a shoplifting charge. Nary a porn tape. No. Look at these good kids. All cleaned up. Chelsea, uh, yeah. what we, we talked about what we learned here. We learned, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that things were notably worse. Uh, yeah, and kids have a lot more uh, riding on their shoulders today. Yeah, in they terms take of, even less guff now yeah. than ZZ did back yeah. then. Who did you want to hug? I mean, I guess I kind of wanted to hug ZZ. Yeah. She was the only person who wanted to clean up the, the environment for the sake of the environment, for the quality of yep. life at she camp. She kick-ass fucking death metal song. <laughs> it was pretty great. And did an acoustic set. <laughs> she did. Um, I think I think so, too. I think that was good. I can't. I'm looking at this where are they now picture of the reunion. They, mm. they all look so well-adjusted and happy, but... Yeah. I don't know that I would want to, in this episode, hug anybody except for her. Yeah, I think that's that's yeah. solid. Chelsea, what are we going to watch next time? Next time, we are watching an episode of Doogie Howser MD, mm. Season 4, Episode 1. There's a riot going on, mm-hmm. and you can stream that on Hulu. Yep, the whole series, all four seasons are there. Yep. Just so you know, we mm-hmm. did it last year. Oh, yeah. We're doing it again this year. More details mm-hmm. are forthcoming. Um, the last two weeks of October, click or treat. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that next time. Just Absolutely. be aware it's happening again. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. Get ready uh, for spooks. It's going to be awesome. So we'll tell you more about click or treat on the next episode. Okay. Just get ready for spooks now. And then yeah. you'll get ready Brace for like now. boo and like chains and things yeah. like that next For later. Time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we will see you next time. Bring snacks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. Uh, but I... Hello, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> this is a segment I like to call Hello! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>